You're listening to the Piston Podcast, the motoring podcast for the motoring enthusiasts, presented by me, Daniel Axerhouse. Listen whilst folding washing, doing your day-to-day commute, or even whilst you're faffing around trying to change your exhaust. Whatever you're doing, I promise to make your day a little less boring, with some fun and interesting motor talk. Anyway, engage launch control, it's time for the Piston Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 6 of the Piston Podcast of Series 1. This series is flying by, probably because it's in lockdown. Recorded on the 9th of May 2020. That's if you're listening in the future, when wonderful electric cars are all whizzing about, going... Um, that's a wonderful sound effect then, um, but oh well. It's been a lovely few days, even though we've been trapped, for me anyway, um, because I've had two barbecues in a row, one yesterday and one today. So yeah, I'm very happy, full of burgers and sausages. Um, today I went out in a car, I know, that is impressive, in the famous Paolo uh, Panda, the 100HP Fiat Panda, um, went Sainsbury's, so interesting, but I feel like in today's times, today's tragic times, you can't take a shopping trip for granted, so yeah, it was nice to go out and about again, but if you're all bored at home, then don't you worry, because the Piston Podcast is back for another episode, and this episode is going to be fantastic, because it's all themed around off-road cars and off-roaders. Even My Way or Highway is an off-road track this week, which is very exciting. And can you guess what car I'm going to be reviewing this week? I'll just give you a few seconds. No, you're wrong. It's the Land Rover Defender, not the old one, the new one, which is it really a Defender? I'll let you answer that question. We'll discuss that later on in the show. But for now, I just want to talk about something that um, I've done. Right, I was sitting down in my room, as I'm doing now, but I was doing my English homework and, uh, home. well, you know, working from home. And I was doing a story, and it was the story could be to do with anything we wanted to. So I did it about this Fiat Panda that was left alone, and the owner, Daniel, yeah, bit of a coincidence, very imaginative name there, don't know why I thought of it. The owner died, and the panda was left to stand there, and basically there was a storm one night in stormy Cheshire, and a, <laughs> a bolt of lightning made contact with one of the panda's pistons, and then it made the engine move, and it made the car move, and it went around and around the world, and it kept doing these heroic acts. And I was so proud of the story. I decided to copy and paste it and make it into a Drive Tribe article. It's not really an article, it's a story. So if you're feeling tired and you want something to round off the day or you want something to simply make your kids shut up because I'm sure you're stressed, then um, go have a read. It's called Paolo Pandemonium because our panda's called Paolo and it is. I've based it on that car because I'm a bit of a saddo. So head over to Daniel's Tribe on Drive Tribe, and it's the latest article on there, Paolo Pandemonium, or you can see the link on my Twitter at DanielCars05. Um, you'll see it there as well. And give me a follow while you're there as well because there's some good lockdown content and weird tweets coming on there. Um, and that way, again, if you follow me, you'll never ever miss out on another podcast because every single Sunday I'm tweeting like mad, forcing all of you at home to listen to the show, even because you've got no excuse. You can't say, oh, I'm busy doing work. Because on a Sunday, you're not. And also, you're in lockdown, so you're not going to be very busy. So you've got no excuse not to listen to the show. So you're listening now, and you're not going to tune out for the next half an hour or so. Um, Right, let's move away from that. And I think let's, let's just, let's kick off with some car news. Let me pick up my phone, because normally I use the iPad, and it's a family iPad to get all of the car news Went downstairs to go get it, and the battery was flat because my brother's used it all to watch YouTube. I know, it's not very um, time well spent. 
But the first story is this. Volkswagen and North Volt joined forces in a $400 million battery venture. And this is all um, to help Volkswagen's future uh, with EVs. And I think that's absolutely fantastic because electric cars are the future, no doubt. And I support them just as much as I do piston engine cars. I think they're fan- fantastic and I'm... I embrace them. I think, was it two weeks ago now? I think it was. I may be wrong. I reviewed the Porsche Taycan, and it's great. I don't see why I can't be reviewing a non-piston car on a piston podcast. But, yeah, as long as it had wheels, I'm happy. Um, Elon Musk. um, I'm sure you all know who Elon Musk is. He's a bit of a moron. And he's basically, he was doing a few tweets, um, basically making up a load of stuff. He's selling his house. Um, but apparently people have been doing some investigations and it turns out he's selling his house and a load of his assets um, because he's running out of money because um, he's just a mess. He did one tweet and that one tweet lost Tesla. I think it was like $12 million or something like that. Don't quote me. I might be wrong. Could be more. But yeah, the man is a bit of a muppet at times. Tesla, stick to the Tesla uh, subject, Tesla's main factory Um, has been ordered to stay closed, and I'm sure you can guess why. I'm not going to mention the C word. Um, (laughs) Yeah, Tesla cannot open, and a lot of car factories are still closed, but some of them actually are opening again. Um, I think Lamborghini are opening, or they might be open again, I don't know. But yeah, things are all sort of unwinding, and some people are just making up their own rules. People down my road are having the time of their lives. The new Mercedes E-Class will have touch-sensitive steering wheel. Uh, will have a, there we go, it's better grammar. Um, and I don't understand how that's going to work. And I also think that is the most pointless thing ever fitted to a car. So I don't think you'll need it. But why would you need a touch-sensitive steering wheel? Why don't you just take your hand off the steering wheel? It's not dangerous. You've got the other hand. And then, if you only have one arm, then I can sort of understand it. But, yeah, I don't see That's a bit of a gimmick by Mercedes there. Chevrolet might stop making the 2020 Corvette. Um, and this is because apparently there is an ultra-rare Corvette coming in our way, and I don't know what it could be. I've never been a massive Corvette fan, but that's quite good news for all of the American car fans out there, because there's a lot of them. Matt, that I interviewed on last week's show, episode 5, you'll get it on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere. Have a listen to that. He's a big muscle car fan and a big American car fan. Um, His favourite, I think, is the Dodge Charger Daytona or something like that. I don't really know. It's the blue car of the Cars movie. Um, Angry Lorry driver has ran over his boss's Ferrari after an argument. And apparently it was because he was given a 2019 truck and wanted a 2020 truck. And pictured here is a Volvo. It's in America, funnily enough. And he got angry because he got a 2019 lorry. And so he decided to crush and run over his boss's Ferrari. I think it's an FF. Um... (laughs) That's quite that's quite a clever idea, really. Um, running over your boss's actually, it's not very clever, because I don't think he is <laughs> his boss anymore. Um, yeah, I reckon he's fired. I reckon the Mercedes-Benz Museum in Stuttgart is now open again from this from Saturday night to May, which is today as I'm recording this now actually. So if you're a Mercedes fan, then you're in luck, and if you live in Stuttgart, you're even more in luck because you can now head to the museum again. It's open. Um, It's going to happen with a load of other places. It's going to open, even in the UK, when lockdown's still around. Um, I reckon businesses are just going to open again. Right, this is very 
this I saw this on the news a few days ago. Um, I think my dad sent me a link. Five-year-old boy um, was stopped um, along the motorway by the cops in America. And basically, he stole... He's five, by the way. He stole his father's SUV. And his plan was to go to Lamborghini in California to buy a Lamborghini. And he had about, I think it was like $2 in his pocket. And he went over to try and buy... Um, a Lamborghini, and he was five, and he was driving an SUV. So obviously that didn't go down very well. Um, <laughs> it says here, now that is a true fairy tale. It is indeed. Anyway, let's move on from that. Um, what else has been going on in the car industry? Um, um, the world, the world's fastest boat driver, Ken Warby, turns 81. I think that's today. Is that today? Yeah, it is today. So happy birthday to Ken Warby. The fastest boat driver. I don't know, you could be a fast boat driver. They're quite slow. Anyway, let's move away from car news and let's just get on straight away with the Piston Podcast Pick of the Week. And as I mentioned, this week it is the all-new Land Rover Defender. And the question is, today, this week, I'm going to ask you all and then I'll answer at the end of this review. Is it a true Defender? And does it deserve the Land Rover Defender badge? Or is it just a pimped-up Land Rover Discovery? And I'm sure you're all sick of hearing that question. It's all over Twitter and Drive Tribe and stuff like that. But I want to try and answer that question now and here. So if you're listening to this podcast now, which you should be, um, then that question in your head will disappear after this because it will be answered. So the Land Rover Defender starts at £40,000, which yeah, for a Defender is a lot of money, but... For a car of its class, it's not bad. It's quite acceptable. Engine, I'm going to have to pick up the script here because um, there's quite a few of them. I think there's a, there's four engines you can choose from. There's a 296 brake horsepower four-cylinder petrol engine, and there's a 396 brake horsepower six-cylinder petrol engine. Um, it's got two more cylinders and more power. Diesel engines, you can get a four-cylinder 197 brake horsepower or a four-cylinder diesel, 237 brake horsepower engine. And it's been rumoured that there's a hybrid version coming soon, which is good news. But then again, a hybrid Defender, does that work? And I'm going to say it could do, but a lot of people are going to disagree. It's front-engined, obviously it's four-wheel drive. Torque, I've got written down here, maybe wrong, I don't know. Depends with the engine, obviously. But it's around 317 pound-foots of torque, which is good. I don't know what that is converted to... Um, uh, Newton meters, which is what I am used to. MPG around 37.2 MPG, and that's with the more economical engine. I'm sorry if you get the less economical engine, it's going to be less economical. I just said it right there. Not to 60 in 7.7 seconds, which for a Defender is absolutely mad. Top speed 119 miles per hour, which again for a Defender is absolutely crazy. It weighs just over two tons, weighing it in at 2,184 kilos. Um, it's got an end cap rating of five stars. So if you're worried about your family and you have a defender, and you're worried that if one day you have a crash or you tip over when you're all doing off-roading to the school run, which is what nobody does really, um, then don't worry because it has a five-star rating. So your family will be okay. CO2 emissions. This is very, very, very important now in 2020. Well, the defender emits between 230 to 253 grams per kilometer of CO2 emissions, which for the car it is, it's a massive 4x4, isn't terrible. But for a car, it's still quite a lot. Seats, well, this seats and doors, this is quite complicated because like, you, can, you can get it as a five-door, and I think a five-door 
only. No, no, no. If you get the Defender 90, I think it's a three-door. Might be wrong. I should note that. Well, you can get it as a five-seat variant, or you can get it as a six-speed, or six-speed, six-seat, there we go. Or you can get it as a five-plus-two-seat, um, which basically means it's five. It's a five-seater, but it's got an extra two seats, but they're not proper seats, so you couldn't fit an ad two adults in there and do a massive road trip. They're more for kids, really. If you have loads of kids, then... You can use it. Rivals. I've written down the Toyota Land Cruiser, the Range Rover, blah, 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 and the Land Rover Discovery. And let's just get on with the pros and cons. And I'm just going to talk off the script and say what I want to about the car. Pros. It's cool. It's a very capable car. And I think it looks fantastic. The cons. It's a bit Rooney. I think, I don't know, I think it's a bit show-offy. And it's not a true defender, I don't think, but we can come to the argument in a minute. And also, it's too expensive. It's for a defender, that is. It's too expensive. It's just, I don't know. But that question I mentioned just before, is it a true defender? I don't know. I think I, I really like that car last year in 2019 on the radio. I was so excited for it to come out. I was really, really looking forward to the new defender. But I like the design and everything. I think it looks fantastic. And as a Land Rover... I really like it. I think it looks better than the, the Discovery. But as a defender, I don't think it's a proper defender because the point of a defender is it's, it's a go-anywhere, dented farmer vehicle. And I'm not going to see many farmers driving a brand-new Defender um, because, well, you're not going to want to get it dirty, are you, really? It's something more Kim Kardashian would drive as an alternative to a Range Rover or something, or G-Wagon, I don't know. But... Yeah, I'm going to say it's not a true Defender, but I'm not going to moan too much because I'm quite open-minded. Um, I mean, I like the Fiat Multipler, so that says a lot about me. Um, but yeah, me personally, I wouldn't go for that Defender, I don't think. I think I would save a lot of money and just go for a Suzuki Jimny. Um, and I reckon probably next season, next series, sorry, um, we're not in America, season is weather. Um, next series, I probably will try and go to Suzuki if lockdown's over and have a look at the Jimny or do something Jimny related um, and I'll review it because I love the Jimny. I think it's a very, very cute car. I shouldn't really say cute because that's not what it's about. It's a very, very tough car. There we go. And it's 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 if it's one of them cars, if you scratch it, it doesn't really matter. Um, obviously, you'd be a bit like, oh, I'll scratch my Jimny. But it's not a big deal. Um so, yeah, I'll go for a Jimny because it basically is a small Defender slash small G-Wagon. Um, or I'd go for a Toyota Land Cruiser if I think the Jimny is too less of a car, which I disagree with. I think it's all the car you need, really. Now, it's time for my top ten list, thanks to Autocar. So thank you to Autocar. And this week I'm doing a top ten list of, can you guess, off-road cars. And kicking off at number ten is the unusual Sangyong Rexton. There we go. That used to be a hideous car, but they've improved it quite a lot. At number nine is the Aerial Nomad. I don't know why it's on the list. It's a very good off-roader, but I, I wouldn't choose that over something with doors when you're going off-roading. You like to stay quite covered. At number eight is the Isuzu D-Max AT35. I've been in a few D-Maxes at shows, and they're very nice. They're very tough. And, yeah, they're good cars. And number seven is the fantastic Suzuki Jimny. I, I will be writing an article about that on Drive Drive. Bit of a clue there. Um, and number six is the Bowler Bulldog. Whatever the hell that is. And number five is the Land Rover Discovery. 
which basically is a defender, isn't it really? People argue that the defender is just a discovery in different clothes. And number four is the very nice, again, Ford Ranger Raptor, which I think is going out of production because of emissions. And number three is the Mercedes-Benz G-Class, as it's written here, but it's G-Wagon or G63 AMG, whatever. Um, and number two is the Toyota Land Cruiser, bulletproof in every way. And number one, it's inevitable, is it, isn't it? It's the Jeep Wrangler. Um, I do like the Wrangler. One of my neighbours in France when I lived there had a Wrangler, and it was amazing. I really like the Wrangler. I think it's a very nice car. Unusual name, though, isn't it, Wrangler? But, yeah, it's a good car. Very, very capable. Right, let's move on now to my way or highway. And this week, I was thinking, ooh, shall I do Stelvio Pass? And I was thinking, no, this week, let's stick to the off-road theme, and let's do an off-road road. There we go. And this week, it is the Strata Florida in, not Florida, it's in Wales. There we go. It's located in West Wales, to be precise. Apparently, it's the most challenging, um, it has the most challenging green lanes. There we go, should I say it? Um, it's famous for its seven river crossings. So if, if you're good at wading through rivers and stuff like that, then go there. It's good. And apparently, it says here, it's best reserved for serious off-roaders like the Discovery like Mitsubishi Outlanders and stuff like that. But, yeah, I'd be quite interested to go along and just, I don't know, a Fiat Panda 4x4 and just see where I get. Um, I think, yeah, just seeing pictures, it seems like a very good road, and it's only in Wales. So if you're local to me, then it's not going to be terribly far, is it? It's not like going to Bolivia and then going there. It's a lot easier. It's just there, just right by your doorstep. I was actually saying to my parents the other day, we should go to Wales more often when lockdown's over because... There's a lot to do in Wales, and it's just it's just there. It's right next to us. No, well, not right next to us, but it's very, very near us, and we don't go there often, and there's nice roads for everything. So, yeah, hoping to go there soon in the Panda or the trusty Renault Scenic. Um, not the Toyota Yaris, because that is sadly going soon. It's very sad. Um, in fact, staying on the topic of the Toyota Yaris, um, something happened this week. So... Huh. This week I was thinking to myself, right, the Toyota is not getting used at all. The Toyota Yaris 2004, 1-litre engine, very good car, very reliable. It's not getting used, and I was worried about the battery dying or something happening, brake seizing or something like that. So I went in it and I decided to, well, start it up and just let it warm up. And my plan was to do that every few days just to keep some fuel running through the engine and, yeah, just to keep it up and running, really. But I went in and, yeah... I knew it, the battery was dead. So, charged up the battery a bit, trickle charger, and then it started first time, because it's a Toyota, isn't it, really? Um, they just work. Um, and then that was alright, and then I noticed the brakes were seized a little bit, and I was like, oh god, I don't want that to happen anymore, because that's bad for the drums at the rear. So, it's, it's in first gear now, handbrake off, and that's a bit of a tip. If you have a car, which, if you do, then good, um and you're in lockdown and you're not driving it as often as you used to, I would always recommend, um, if, you, if you've got an automatic, it's all right, you just put it in park. But, sorry about that, I forgot to switch my speaker down. Um, <laughs> computers. But yeah, if you've got a manual car, then always put it in first gear and just take the handbrake off. Um, the only downfall of that is, I saw a video on Twitter a few months ago, and it was a car that was left in first gear, and the engine caught fire. It's a Mini Cooper. And the engine caught fire, it was in first, and it caused the pistons to move and whatever. And the car actually started moving forwards, crashing into all of the cars in front. 
So, yeah, not too great, but if, if your car is not fire-prone, like a Rimac Concept 1, for example, then, um, yeah, put it in first because it's good, and then you don't have to worry about your brakes seizing or anything like that at all. So, yeah, enough about Toyotas and lockdown advice. Um, also, another bit of advice, just before I finish this segment off, um, is just pump up the tyres because you don't want to, when you go back on the road, have a load of bald spots all over your tyres because that would mean you have to spend hundreds on new sets. And, yeah, it's not nice, is it? You want to save that money for, like, Frankie and Benny's trips and takeaways and stuff like that. So pump up the tyres and save the tyres from rotten misery and being burning into some Clark shoes or something like that. So, yeah. Right, moving away from that, I've got some good news, because obviously yesterday was VE Day across Britain celebrating victory in Europe 75 years ago, yesterday, or a few days ago when you're listening to this podcast when it's released on Sunday. Um, but yeah, it's VE Day, and a lot of World War II vehicles were being driven, I noticed, even though it was in lockdown. And the founder slash Boss, not Boss, I don't know if I can say that, Liz at Redshift, where Redshift is like the home of the Piston podcast where it's all recorded, not at the moment obviously, but Liz at Redshift, her husband has a 1942 Jeep Willys MB and I've managed to organise a ride in that after lockdown so then I can review it on the Piston podcast and I can do an article on it which is absolutely fantastic because the Jeep Willys MB, funny name, is... I'm going to say it's one of my favourite World War II vehicles and my favourite war vehicles. I think they're fantastic and they look great. Um, And I I do like the way, actually, in modern-day Jeep adverts, they um, put the little uh, Willys MB, or Willis, whatever you want to say, uh, silhouette on the advert, putting the front grille and the lights on it. I think that's really nice, keeping the heritage of old Jeep. Um, But yeah. I will be able to go in that car. I'm not going to forget the opportunity. And I will report back to you in a few weeks. The original plan was for this to be a VE Day special Piston podcast. And I was going to review that. But then I thought to myself, no, let's do a proper job. And let's wait a few weeks slash months, whatever. And then we can do a proper job when I've actually been in one. Um, um, which I'm really excited for. And apparently his dad has an old Bentley. So, yeah, more opportunities. And just saying this now, if you have an interesting car... A very interesting one, and I like all cars really. So even if it's like a, even if it's a Jimny, I'll be more than happy to have a look around it. Then get in contact if you'd be willing to show me around it or whatever, take me for a ride, um, for an article on Drive Tribe or for the podcast or even for YouTube or things auto. Send me a message on Twitter at Daniel Carzo Five or Instagram Daniel Carzo Five, because yeah, every opportunity I'll take because I'm 14 and I can't. I, I can't go to like Lamborghini and say, hello, I'm from Autocar, which I'm not, am I? So, yeah, take every opportunity I can. Um, because when I'm older, people probably know this, I want to be a motoring journalist. So that's why I'm doing all of this voluntary podcasting and articling and stuff like that. Because that's what I want to be when I'm older, a motoring journalist writing for magazines and doing occasional filming stuff for YouTube and hopefully carrying on with this podcast because it's quite a fun thing to do, recording every Friday or Saturday, just rambling on for half an hour about random car tat. Um, really boring to other people, but for me and my mum, for example, it's interesting. My mum actually doesn't listen. She doesn't listen. I know, it's disgraceful. Um, <laughs> she said she hears, She said to me um, she hears enough of me on a daily basis, so she doesn't want to listen, uh, which I find highly offensive so 
yeah, it's not nice. But yeah, um, coming up to the end of the podcast now, I think we've got a few more minutes. Um, and yeah, I think that is pretty much everything. What else have I got to report? Tamiya update. As you know, the past few weeks I've been building a Tamiya remote control VW camper van. Um, one of the original ones. And yeah, it's up and running, long story short. It's working fantastically, doing drifts and stuff like that. I may have had a bit of a kerfuffle crashing it into a curb and broke one of the uh, suspension arms. But it's okay because another one's on the way. That's the beauty of Tamiya's, you just replace the part. Didn't actually post that on social media because I felt quite embarrassed. But I'll say it now. I'll expose myself as a Tamiya crasher. But yeah, while it lasted, it was very, very good. And we've ordered some new batteries and some new upgraded oil-filled springs. And they're coming in June, I think, from China. Um, but yeah, they should be good. I think they're just knock-off... No, they are Tamiya ones, just without the Tamiya badge. They make them for Tamiya, I'm pretty sure. But yeah, I can recommend anybody who's bored and likes building models and anybody that likes cars, buy one of these models. I think they're quite expensive. They're over £100. But the camper I got, I think it was around 130 But if you can get one even cheaper, then go ahead and buy it because it's worth every penny. It's years and years and years of fun. It's not something you use for a month and then goes in the cupboard. You use it for the rest of your life. They last forever. Um, these Japanese things, just they're bulletproof. So yeah, I can highly, highly recommend getting a Tamiya model, or an Airfix model even. They don't have to be RC. Because, yeah, they're just they're so therapeutic to build. They're exciting, and once they're done, you're so happy with them. You just want to, oh, you just want to show everybody and tweet all about it. But, yeah, highly recommend doing modelling. Not like Strike a Pose, but you know, building all of these new models. I've built Spitfires and uh, Unos Roadsters, and I need to finish off a Messerschmitt German World War II plane. It's there, and I started it in January, and I still haven't finished it, because I just had other things like podcasts and other things in my mind. But yeah, get a model, because they're so exciting. And as I said, I think a few weeks ago, Johnny Smith from Fifth Gear, also known as Car Pervert, he started a hashtag... Model Citizen on Twitter and Instagram, and it's basically when a load of modelers come together and they just share their appreciation for building models. And I think it's absolutely fantastic because people are staying at home; they're encouraged to stay at home. Obviously, if you're not doing that, then that's just mean. Um, Not on; it's not acceptable. And people are coming together on social media, uh, doing whatever. And these modelers are getting together and showing what they've built and what they're building, like me. Um, I use the hashtag countless times. Um, but yeah, it's fantastic. So if you're on social media, just check out the hashtag model citizen and post some stuff on there um, because it's it's very good. It's really, really good. It's nice to see all of these models going about the place and stuff like that. Right, to round off the podcast, I'm going to do some more car news just because I can off my phone because the iPad is otherwise engaged. Um, Shanghai will collect data with 100,000 new EV charging points. And this is because... I don't know. It doesn't say here. But there we go. You know the news now. That's pretty pointless. Um, BMW Australia has been caught inflating its April sales numbers. The company listed 400 demo models as sales to inflate. Um, That doesn't make sense. Its sales numbers to cut its losses. So because of people not buying the cars because of the coronavirus... Oh dear, I said the word. I didn't mean to. They've inflated the prices, which is not right. 
car dealerships are doing that as well, I've noticed, putting the prices up and saying, oh yeah, your car's worth this amount of money when it's really not. Um, it, it's pretty ridiculous, really, that they're doing that, but then again, it's their business and they've got to do it. Like, I've been watching a lot of car auctions on collecting cars, um, the website and Twitter and whatever, and the depreciation on a lot of these cars, it's ridiculous, really ridiculous. Matt on the podcast last week mentioned the Mercedes... I think it was an S-Class or something that Richard Hammond drove in Albania. Um, it was once worth over £100,000. It's now worth about fifteen. And the McLaren MP4-12C, it was worth hundreds of thousands of pounds. It's now worth about sixty. It's absolutely crazy depreciation at the moment. And it's just... Yeah, it's it's very different and it's very, very, very unusual. Right, this is good. Oh, wow, this is interesting. I've got a picture here. This is the new 2022 BMW 2 Series Coupe, coming in 2022, obviously. And do I like it? I said it was interesting, didn't I? Do I actually like it? No. Uh, Yes, I do and I don't. I think the original 2 Series was good enough, but this is like a more spacious version. So yeah, it's, it's a good car, but it's not for me. I think BMW are falling into a bit of a trap at the moment of not being very interesting. Um... Audi as well are doing it. All the Germans, I think that their cars are changing for the worse. There's some really nice looking ones, like the M2. I think still looks fantastic. But yeah, some car companies are falling into a trap. Anyway, that is it for this week's podcast. Uh, join me again next Sunday um, for the next podcast. If you're listening in the future, listening back, binge listening to the podcast, and fantastic. Carry on. Just, just go straight ahead go straight ahead to the next episode or the episode before because they're all fantastic and they're all very interesting and i love your support um follow me on twitter and instagram at daniel carzo5 um there's a lot of stuff on there a lot of drivel that i go on about um and yeah i'm hoping to go live soon as well to do a bit of a q a thing so join me on their social media and um yeah again check out my articles daniel's tribe on drive tribe Thank you ever so much for listening. Please stay safe. And I know it's very, very tempting in this fantastic weather. I think it was like 35 degrees said in the Panda today. It's incredibly tempting to go outside. But please remember not to do that because, yeah, it's so tempting. But we've got to follow the, these rules and we will beat the dreaded virus. We will. And then we'll be able to go in our cars, whatever they may be, Fiat Pandas or Lamborghinis. And we'll be able to hit the road again. It won't be long, and we'll be able to cycle in groups, which I'm so excited for. So, yeah, thank you ever so much for listening. Stay safe, and I'll see you soon. Goodbye. You're listening to the Piston Podcast, the motoring podcast for the motoring enthusiast, presented by me, Daniel Axterhouse. Listen whilst folding washing, doing your day-to-day commute, or even whilst you're faffing around trying to change your exhaust. Whatever you're doing, I promise to make your day a little less boring, with some fun and interesting motor talk. Anyway, engage launch control. It's time for the Piston Podcast.